Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs. I'm Giles Bitter and I speak to bands about the jobs they did and basically I suppose their upbringing um, before they played in bands and how that's changed going on tour all the time and, and trying to make music, you know, an industry where there's not a lot of money in it basically is the is the is the raw deal of it i got the whole story of jimmy's life playing in bands we were acquaintances when we were younger growing up going to gigs around amersham and burkhamsted and watford and, and milton Keynes and those sort of those sort of areas our upbringing going to those kinds of shows and hanging out with those kinds of people and being in that environment 
really shaped how we perceive playing in bands now. Which makes so much sense to me because of the variety of influences that are on Higher Power's new album 27 Miles Underwater which is out now. This is a great chat. It's way longer than usual. We get pretty deep on it. So thanks so much for listening. This is 101 Part-Time Jobs with Jimmy Wizard. This is the 29th episode. There's 28 other episodes you can listen to. If you can go onto iTunes and rate it, that would do me a massive solid five five stars, stars, please. please. And thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Here's Jimmy. How's it going, man? It's been a few years. I know, man. Like at least six or seven years, maybe, I feel, since we last seen each other in person. I feel like you moved up to Leeds around that time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then, like, yeah, it's very, very rare. I visit London for anything other than to play a show, you know, so. Yeah. What what Uh, took you up there? I just had a girlfriend up here. And I was, at the time, I was living uh, on my friend's sofa. And I've been there probably, like, two years on the sofa. And you know after so from dating a girl here and meeting a bunch of friends they're like man rent's so cheap here it's like you know i'm paying yeah. like 250 a month so i just thought wow i can do that let's let's go like fuck <laughs> and when were you were you were you tattooing then i remember when, when we were younger you like i mean i must have been like 17 and then there's yeah. a lot that were sort of like more towards like the buckinghamshire like aylesbury way and yeah. i swear i swear a few of you had like some like big tattoos at a young age yeah a couple of us were getting tattooed like underage for sure um i think i got my first tattoo like i we definitely had like shitty stick and pogs but yeah i got my first tattoo when i was like 17 um so yeah how how old are you now 20 if i think about that 28 so so we're the same age right I'm i'm 29 on the 19th of this month but yeah we're like roughly the same age yeah, nice. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a fun one, isn't it? You've got to figure out some easier imagination for this one. I know. I was tra- so I was trying to think about this when you said about doing the podcast. Did you go to Amersham College? Or I didn't, no. I, I went met you to in Burko. High School. Okay. Yeah, met, met you in Burko going to shows. And yeah. at that time, the roundabout in Wickham. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I just couldn't remember whether you went to the college as well. I was like, did he, did we, is that how, like... It's funny, everyone went to college there, didn't they? Yeah. It it seemed like it. That's pretty, yeah, because I I was getting so confused because I was like, in my head, I I was like, I don't think you did, but then I'm thinking Mm. of these people associated with you and I'm like, but then how how did we cross paths? But it must have been shows in Barco. What was that place? Um, The community Um, centre? Yeah, the Swan. The Swan ran by Claire and, yeah. and a few and a few others, but you know, such like lovely older people. I guess what they must have been like. Yeah, you know, I, I want to do a service here. Like what, th- like forty years old, and then just letting a bunch of us put on shows there. Like yeah. no, no drinking or anything like that. You'll be drinking right. with Dr Pepper, <laughs> eat, eating a swirl. But they got us pizza. I remember playing there. They got us pizza. Yeah, yeah. They'd always get Domino's in. <laughs> yeah, it was so. But they, good. they just, they just let us do what we wanted you know being a promoter was simple there yeah I, like I think I only played there like twice or maybe three times but yeah I remember it being like from what I remember it just was like I don't remember seeing any adults there or anything do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it was, you know it was just all people my age and you're always just and there was, yeah there was pizza and yeah we were just just hanging out do you know what I mean it was like I don't remember being outside a lot either. It was like you were in. Once you're in, you're in there. You know what I mean? Right. No, it's like everyone was just hanging out in there. It was, it was like a pub, but for run by like 
teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And and like, it's funny because when you when you when you think about something like that, or if you're involved in something like that, like that, even just going, um, which you know, I went to those things before I realized I could play them or 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 whatever, get involved in putting on a show there. But it puts it really like it's it's very real. You're just like, oh well, I can make something if I want to make it. Yeah, it was, it was that, that's pretty much it. Cause, and I was lucky that, so I grew up in between a lot of things and I had the same thing from a, from a younger age in Milton Keynes as well. So um, like I grew up right, Ellsbury's kind of like an hour away from like Milton Keynes, an hour away from Oxford, an hour away from London, you know, just kind of there. So like my, originally I was going to shows in like Milton Keynes and there's a similar kind of thing. And then when I got to go into college and I started hanging out with like, you know, towards that way and with you guys and that going to that thing, I was like, oh, sick. This is the same. But like here I can, it's super cool. But yeah, that stuff's just so like, so lucky to have it. Because I recently did another interview by with a guy and he was saying he worked in like a youth center, like, and they had like a recording studio. And he was like, yeah, I know, like, you know, you're obviously like, from like Leeds which isn't a big city but like you know how how how, what advice would you give to people from these places and I was just like it's super cool to hear that people still have that you know I don't know if they're playing Mm. playing music like we did or like you know (laughs) but um I was like yeah it's it's good it's a it's a good job like a lot of us had that kind of way because there wasn't really any bands like doing it you know that like made it that you could talk to and be like, oh, how did you do this? It was just like, you just kind of put on these really shitty shows with, with your friends. And, you know, like those other bands would, because we were from the places where no one wanted to go or play, that once a band made it, they were gone. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't like you could, you know, figure it out through them. Like they were gone. They'd, you know, are oh, we play in London now? Do you know what I mean? Like we didn't play Burko anymore or like Ellsbury or fucking Milton Keynes. It was like, so yeah, once, one you you'd have to like figure it out yourself so it's a good job we had those kind of you know places to to make to make our mistakes in that sense if you know what i'm saying like absolutely just to fuck around and just make all the weird mistakes of being in a band and playing really badly and all this stuff to that you know you had it on like a smaller scale so it's not you could take those lessons you learned from that looking back and be like okay now I'm in a music scene where people are paying attention I'm like right yeah yeah I mean it's funny because like like you say it's it's funny to think of it like that because like if you're in you know Burko or, or Milton Keynes or anywhere if you're doing it in the first place you're already doing something that's like strange or weird so you might as well if you take one step you might as well do it right yeah that's it I still love it like when you read about I just read about um I just got into Oasis in the last few years i got mad mad you know mad into them which is which is a stupid thing really but like it's i still love reading about bands that you love like you know oasis on that first tour when they come down to london for the first time to do a radio thing they played at esquires in bedford or Did somewhere they? like that but like you know and, and it just makes you excited there's still something really exciting about that and i remember you know growing up around aylesbury before moving to burko yeah like as soon as i saw this first local band i was just obsessed with getting into local bands. Yeah, yeah. No matter really what it was, I found it so amazing that there were just people on my road doing that thing. And I just wanted to be part of it. I would do anything to like be friends with them, basically. That's it, yeah. I was super lucky that, so like, you know, I, I'm 
Uh, let me just say also, I um I got into Oasis later on in life because I was so in denial about how good they were because they were like kind of lad culture. Yeah. And I kept trying to deny that I liked them, but I fucking loved them. And then one day I just gave in and like fully immersed myself in it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm on your, yeah, I'm the same. I'm a late. I'm a late bloomer on it. But um, yeah, like I was super lucky that I, I like, didn't have any friends my own age into what I was into in school. And the only pe- there was a small group of older guys. Who, so I'm in year seven as a group of year guys and like year 11 and sixth form that are into that stuff so I was super lucky that they were the only people into it and they kind of like took me under their wing um and they would take me to shows and in and they introduced me to all of the local bands which at the time was a lot of the Moonscar Europe stuff and household name stuff so like though that was kind of like my first like view in into like music and bands that you could get on a level with and to me they were like fucking you know as like a 13 year old kid like they're like the coolest people ever even though they're local like they're still playing the same stages as the touring bands that would come through you know the local venues so like yeah I was super lucky my friends knew all them and you know one of my friends filmed all their sets and stuff and was like really good friends with them so he would take me to their shows and he he like introduced me to a lot of those people and it just yeah. made you know and got me involved in a lot of things from a really young age so that's all always I think that's always given me like a more of a I don't know if it set me off on this foot of being like oh it like you know I like obviously liked all the big American bands all the big bands but it definitely gave me this like insight into like anything is reachable if you know right. what I mean I think it's quite easy when you're a young band and, you know, I, I feel like I've sort of seen both sides of the fence, but you can, you can, feel, you can be guilty of, of feeling that way when, when you're in a band or trying to create something where you're like, Oh, you know, like what's the key to the door? Like, how do I do this? And then there are, there are, you know, it feels impossible. And other times you're like, Oh, you just got to reach out to people. Yeah. That was it. I just, you know, I just went, went up to these kids and, it, and obviously Jackass was like a big thing at the time. So mm. I probably went off and did something stupid, like smash my head against the window. But like, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, this kid's cool. It's funny, isn't yeah. it?" And the same, same when I go to shows, I just figured yeah. out if we just go up and talk to them and say something funny or like, you know, talk to them about whatever band T-shirt they're wearing. It, it, it was like an in, and then so I feel, you know, maybe if I didn't have that from the onset of me getting involved in music, I would have a different outlook on it. You know, maybe some people yeah. only have that outlook because they've never seen that side of it before and how easy it is to get involved. But, right. you know, luckily for me, I, I came into it from this side of like local bands were quite big. Like, you know, like like I said, like the biggest band in my area was a band like Gravel Trap. They were playing, they were on Moon Sky Europe. They were playing like, yeah. you know, a couple, yeah, we like three, 400 people at the, at the pits in Milton Keynes and supporting all the other bigger bands that came through. And, and yeah. you know, but people were more hyped on seeing the local band at that time. I remember going to go see Sponge at the pit. Oh, and Sponge, and, yeah, man. And Gravel Trap opened, and people went mad. Yeah, they were so big. Like, they people would be more stoked on that Gravel Trap was supporting a touring band yeah. and be there for them than, you know, then for the headline band, which is, like, which is super cool. So, like, yeah, maybe if I came into it from another, uh, like, another viewpoint and as a very much an outsider, I'd, I would have maybe had a completely different 
time in music I don't know I've, I've definitely thought about that like how your past can kind of shape you because I didn't come into it as just a fan I came into it as being very involved and involved with the right people so you know yeah. maybe that gave me this different mindset maybe I'm just very lucky to be in the right place at the right time thinking of the pits in Milton Keynes it's like that place is what it's basically a leisure center that you have mm. to drive to and you're yeah. out of town I mean I didn't really know MK you know went to go every other weekend shopping with with my parents but, um, <laughs> yeah sick fucking shopping center and like my mum tried dragging me away from watching skaters on the marble oh, I love that and, um I, I was never good enough to skate at the at the uh the buzzy that's it I used to, yeah I used to go there quite a lot man it was super fucking cool but I mean you know even I, I found music way going to the pits and going to go see gravel trap or or sponge way more approachable to speak to people there than i would do at the buzzy yeah you know and, and i don't want, i don't want to draw a comparison but i i feel like there is something about music that is a bit like you can just go you know be, being a fan is enough definitely i think yeah i mean like skaters i think skaters have always been very hard to talk to like like I hang around, like, maybe not so much now that I'm older, but, yeah, as a kid, like, skateboarding was Mm. so much more intimidating than music. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah, I feel like at a show, like, everyone kind of, in a way, people would be kind of drunk, people would be pretty stoned, like, and you're there to let go of any inhibitions and not look cool and jump around and be sweaty. Do you know what I mean? But when you're skating, you're doing the same thing, but you're also trying to look really fucking cool and there's a lot of older guys that come through with a chip on their shoulder. Do you know what I mean? That like totally would talk down to you, totally. you know, not, not that it was all bad. You know, I had some fucking sick time skating. I'm very accepted. And like, you can't just roll up to the skate park and skate. Like I never had a problem. I never got kicked out of anywhere, but yeah, you're always like a little bit more, you know, aware of yourself there than you would be at a show because at a show, like I said, people aren't there to really fucking, look cool or do anything cool you're there to fuck it you were there to get in the mosh pit do you know what i mean like you yeah. had that innocence about it it was fucking cool my my partner has got this thing like similarly to 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 me and and you listening to, to gravel trap she yeah. was like you know when she first went to a show with her like older sister in the small town from in in bavaria in germany where they're from she was like as soon as people started dancing and skanking she was like this is the best thing ever because everyone's having a good time and no one gives a fuck about what they look like yeah that was it and back then no one no one had it figured out like it, to me that feels like the most innocent and like you know pure time in my life because there wasn't like i wasn't a hardcore kid then like i kind of am viewed now like you were in a you were skanking into scar bands and like these yeah these, punk bands with people yeah. where with Pete there was kids wearing slipknot shirts with the big fucking bernies and chains and then you yeah. had your like skater skater guys in in the pit and you had and then you, you had a couple like random emo looking guys in there you know no one had like a thing they were trying to impress people with and be this person and there was this click you didn't have to be this certain thing there like you were just there because it was like where the freaks hung out you know what I mean that that's my favorite time of it because no one had quite figured out what anything was yet. They were just like, I'm into just anything that's not mainstream. I'm into, I'm into, yeah, I'm just into this scene. And that scene was just somewhere to go for people that were just into alternative stuff. It wasn't, that wasn't a hardcore scene or that wasn't a punk scene or a ska scene. That was just a scene for like people that were into heavy, heavy music, fast music, whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was just a, a scene for for freaks is how I view it. 
It wasn't a man, specific that takes, scene. <laughs> man, that takes me back to the Amersham shows because that's exactly what hmm. that was. You know, I, I knew that I was kind of into like no effects, you know, leftover crack choking victim. But I'd, yeah. like, if there was if there was a metal show happening at the Amersham Arms, I'd go because sorry, not the Amersham Arms. That's that's the place down the road here. <laughs> that was happening in Amersham at the Scout Hut. Yeah, the scout. What was those shows called again? Um, Ultimate Solution. Ultimate Solution. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they were the same thing. I remember I went to a couple of them, and and there was a guy rapping at one of them, Grizzle yeah. MT. Um, and then you had there was like a fuck. There was like a metal band played, and then I think Frank Butcher did Frank Butcher and Fla- Slags play. Maybe that's where I saw you guys. Um, we played we played one or one or one or two times, but but yeah. probably you no know, anything that was happening there was like exactly you hit the nail on the head. You're like it doesn't matter that you're into what you're into. Like that was that that whole separation thing was kind of like a you know like a a, a side bullshittery of growing up in a way. Yeah, yeah. You're just like man, I just want to go to that park across the road on, across the road from from the scout hut because you know like not to put anyone's name on the line here but like you know it's up to you when you're when you're 15 and if you can get someone else to buy you booze yeah and then and then you're hanging out with people that you're like wow i didn't know people like you know you feel like you're in a movie don't you yeah you do it's it's so like because you grow up watching so i grew up watching like 411 and then i grew up watching like clips of like warp tour and stuff and i was like i want to yeah. be in this like group this like tribe this group of people that are like me because i didn't where i grew up there was literally no one that was into what i was into like locally so i had to travel so like you know when you go to those things you're just like wow these people are are just into alternative stuff like i didn't care that they were into silosis or like yeah they were just (laughs) something like that do you know what i mean i didn't care that that was their thing all that mattered to me that they had vans on and they had like a stretched ear or they you know they were something and it awarded from the mohawk do you know what i mean it was like this is a group of people that i can now identify with like it doesn't matter like they're just different you know yeah that was like i always think about that that's like the super super innocent time and that's that in a sense in a big sense that's what I'm I've always wanted to achieve with higher power is to not be a hardcore band or a this band or a, I just want to be a band that's yeah you know because I I still like all that stuff like I still listen to Scar Punk still listen to Pennywise but I'll, I'll also still listen to like fucking like you know some like hardcore or some some Pantera or something do you know what I mean like I'll, I still like all of that stuff like it influenced me my whole life so you know what that's that was something I really wanted to get across with higher power was that it was just like I'm just playing music like I just like music and I don't and I'm and I'm weird and I just want to play music like when you first put out those uh when you put out those first few singles of of the new record hmm. I was like wow I was so surprised because <laughs> I, was, I was expecting to hear this hardcore record yeah like nah like some bits of this sound like some shit that came out when I was like five years old that my older brother was into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think um, it. I think it definitely took us a couple of releases to find the confidence to fully do that. And like you know, I, I definitely feel like the new stuff is what I've wanted to achieve with it. You know, it's definitely like there's, and we've definitely learned learned to play and write just openly and freely and not trying to you know be like oh this song doesn't have like a heavy part or like you know oh this this song doesn't really sound like anything else that we've done like 
you know, I definitely took us a while, but yeah, now I'm like super like that was always always the aim, you know. It definitely took us uh like I said, it always takes you a while to find out how to make that formula work for you, but I feel like we're slowly getting there with that, and it's it's cool that people notice that as well because it's yeah, like I said, it's just I've I feel like you 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 always want to find the time in your life that you were like the most carefree and happy yeah. and like yeah. that, you know. And I'm looking back, I think that was it. There was no kind of like social social constructs or any you know there was nothing like that you're just a fucking kid who's who wants to be involved in other weird things so i once had a big argument with the producer of, of one of the great cynics records we it was like day day two of of making this record and he, he said to me giles who do you want to hear this record and i like sort of thought about it for a bit you know thought about it for 10 seconds i was like well I guess these lyrics that I'm writing, I, I kind of want, you know, be kind of cool if they spoke to everyone. And so I said, you know, like, well, anyone, why not? Like, I'm not yeah. you know, separating people. And he went off on one and like stormed <laughs> out and then sent me an email uh, with an extract from a Henry Rollins book saying, uh, you know, basically you're not punk enough. And I was like, fuck uh, you. But, you know, I don't know. It was crazy. But it, yeah, that was yeah. a really big lesson because I that was like, after that, I had some serious, dense confusion within myself because I was like, Great Cynics, Frank Richard and the Pastags, whatever I've been involved in, I'm like, you know, it's the same thing. I just want people to stay connected. I know that sounds like yeah. like cliched or something, but no, I want something to like enhance an experience where anyone can kind of just be themselves and not really box it or anything. And anyway, I, that, <laughs> I think yeah. about that a lot. I think about that a lot now and I wish I could go back in time and be like, what kind of fucking power trip are you on, man? Yeah, it's like, I, it's, I, people like that, I think they they obviously have like some kind of insecurity issue or like you know I, I definitely think it just comes from a place of like you know like I said yeah like the only way I can describe it is I feel like some people that are kind of like must just be a little bit insecure like no this is I'm punker mm -hmm. than you kind of thing is never it's all, I've always been like why why do you want to be punker than anyone like yeah why does it matter like right. <laughs> what right. matters we're we're not. We're never gonna achieve anything like great out of this. You know what I mean? We're, we're never gonna fucking be like. We're never gonna like run the world. We're never gonna have a position of power. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, so don't you just care. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, just do what you want to do. Like, sound how you want to sound. Like, it's. We're not. We're never gonna. We're never gonna write anything that's gonna really, really cross over. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. We can we'll cross over a bit in our in our ways that we did, but we're never gonna be like fucking up there with like whatever's played on the radio. Like we're never gonna get like normie kids at festivals like jumping around to us. So like but it doesn't matter. If they if they wanna do that, who am I to stop a minute? Like but Right, right, right. Did did anyone say anything to you about the Roadrunner thing? Like, did anyone have a problem with that? No, no we haven't actually which is which is pretty cool to see i guess like no one's ever questioned it people have just been like super stoked like wow i can't believe it like and then maybe it's also the fact people don't really want to say something to our faces because i don't know i guess we're not they we're not how, really they know how hard you are yeah yeah i was gonna say the opposite i say we're not really a band that has like beef with anyone i feel like we're such an easy going band that people probably just are like oh, we'll never get a rise out of them so like you know people just always like oh you know, maybe people do have a problem with it or slagging it off behind our back, but yeah. you know, no one's said anything. It's, it's been literally, yeah, positive. Um, 
positive feedback or like that's people, so cool good and like everyone grew up i feel like we're all of all of my age group is getting to the age where like everyone grew up listening to something from roadrunner like right right there's so much different there's so much variation on that label yeah maybe when you maybe if we were like 18 or something and people were like a little bit less experienced in just life in general like you would have had some kind of like you would have some people saying it was sellouts but we were sellouts or you know kind of taking the piss but now everyone's just like I feel like you get to an age in your mid-20s where you just let go of it and you're like I liked this and you like look back on it fondly and you don't look back on it in embarrassment you like look back so now people are like wow that's so cool man you know I used to love Slipknot or like yeah that's so sick like I love that Machine Head record like you know you're I can't believe you're on the same label as them you know but like I said mate and everyone understands that like all this stuff is irrelevant at a certain point in your life like being too cool for something becomes irrelevant once you get to like your mid-20s and like well, it's fashion, isn't it? Yeah, which is yeah. exactly the thing that it's 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 it's, it's sort of like disarming, isn't it? Because because having that kind of opinion is based on the current trend. Yeah, but like I said, like my circle is obviously getting towards their thirties now, so a lot of them I think are just like, wow, cool, that's cool, you're still doing it. Like when I saw when I saw you sign to Roadrunner, I was like, that's so fucking cool because you get to do what you like doing for a little bit longer, yeah, and a little bit and a little bit harder. Yeah, well, that's it. Like a lot, and also a lot of people my age have had to like get real jobs, and and you know they've settled down. So a lot, in a sense, I think some people like vicariously live through you. Like, wow, that's so cool, you're doing that, and they get to watch you do it. Yeah, you know, and they're just yeah. proud to. They're just proud that someone they know is reaching that level. Do you know? I think you it's know? similar to like when your friend goes like traveling around the world and like mm. posting shit on Instagram and. You know, some people don't like it, but I think like, nah, I live vicariously through that. Exactly yeah. what you just said. You're like, like a, I'm, you're like I'm, a little bit jealous, but you're like not jealous enough to be like upset about it. And like, and you try and bring them down. You're like, wow, I wish I could be doing that. That's so. You're, sick. Je- you're like, jealous in like kind of a positive way. You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because if they've done that, then I want to fucking do something like that. You know, it, it makes it it busts open the world, doesn't it? I don't it know. Yeah, it really does, man. It does. So I think that's why I don't hear that because maybe we're all kind of at that stage in our lives you know I know yeah. this is another thing I've thought of as well I'm like yeah no one has actually really said anything bad about it but I've kind of noticed that like a lot of my friends are getting to the point where you know they they they're like oh they just work now do you know what I mean they don't have yeah. time to do bands and stuff so I think from what I can gather from what people have said to me is they're just stoked that they still have a friend that is doing that and like out there doing what they love you know, because maybe they can't right now, or maybe things didn't work out for them. But they're just stoked to know someone that's actually doing it. Like, so yeah, yeah. Whatever doing it is, you know, I'm fuck. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not living, <laughs> I'm not living a a lucrative life. And I, you know, I still. You'll get, you'll get a bit of a crackle. Sorry, is that like rubbing on your beard or something? Oh, maybe. How, is it? Is it better now? Yeah, way better now. I'll hold it. I'll hold it in place. I was brilliant. Nice, man. So you're, so you're still tattooing, obviously. Yeah, here here and there. Um, I like quit towing full time because I. It's like I fell into tattooing. I didn't. I always right. wanted to be do music. Like I just always wanted to do it, like as my job, as my whole life. Like I want to be immersed in it. But I took tattooing as a job, so I turned down 
So I was in Violent Reaction and they did like a really cool full US tour that kind of opened the doors for like a lot of UK bands to go to America. Um, and I turned that down because I just didn't, I was like, oh, I can't really afford to do it. I've been offered this apprenticeship where I know I can make some money finally. Um, you know, and I can't, and to me that was taking the easy option. You know what I mean? So I took the yeah. easy option. I fell into tattooing and, it, you know, like I said, it was a good steady job, but I always wanted to Were you to tattooing, were you, were you drawing and tattooing people when you were younger for fun? Not at all. I, I really wasn't trying to draw or do anything kind of artistic until my till I was probably like 18. I, I did my two years of music at college and then I was like, oh, I don't want to leave yet. And I enjoyed having this rail pass that got me to go to London so I could keep going to shows, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I started getting tattooed. I was like, maybe I'll do an art course and learn to draw a little bit. And I just did that, you know to have the free time and the, like I said, the free rail card and all that. Um, so I just, that was it. I didn't really start drawing until I started getting properly tattooed when I was maybe 18 going on 19. And I was obviously just like, oh, I like this. I want to try and emulate it. So I just started doing that. And then, yeah, like I said, when I moved to Leeds, I was just kind of hanging out at Sacred Electric where I learned to tattoo. And I was just, again, in the right place at the right time. I got offered them. I was still playing in bands and, that's what I wanted to do but I got offered this opportunity and I was like kind of like at the time I was like well I I, I definitely need to start paying rent and yeah you know yeah. uh okay fuck it let's do that and yeah I kind of turned down a really cool tour that turned out to be like a massive turning point in all my friends lives and you know this like big thing like this coming of age movie style experience and then I was the one at home just kind of working away. Um, and did then that, yeah. Did that bum you out? Yeah, in a sense. But I just was like, oh, well, I've never, you know, well, I needed jobs. And I had yeah. a girlfriend at the time. And we were moving in together. And, you know, I needed a deposit for so we could move it. You know, yeah, all of yeah. this, I kind of got caught up in this, like, kind of, like, serious kind of side of life really young. Because I think I'm, like, 20 at this time do you know what I mean yeah. like it's the time when I when I should shouldn't have been tied tying myself down to certain things but I was just going with the flow a little bit too much yeah so like I love tattooing and I'm super interested in it but like you know I definitely didn't ever see myself doing it as a job like, yeah. I, like I said I was just lucky and I was like well this is a cool job I should take it but that I don't think that can that doesn't always lead to like a happy life. So, you know, I got to a point like five or six years in where I was like, ah, uh, so yeah. I'm getting another click, getting some more clicky again. How about now? I'm trying to hold it in place. Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you were saying. Um. Yeah, I just you know, like I said, I don't think that leads to like the most happy, fulfilled life. You know security doesn't always lead to that does it so right uh just you know i love it but my i just want to be in a band and tour and write music so tattooing i still do it but i just do it from my house and i you know just tattoo close friends and close customers nice like kind of like a hobby but i do get paid for it a little bit so yeah yeah 
were you writing on um i mean do you write songs on on like a guitar yeah and, and, and what kind of comes like are you do we do we write chords and were you writing chords and songs and lyrics back then yeah i've always written like I've always written on guitar. I've always been able to play guitar. I played bass in like pretty much every band I was in. But um, yeah, I've always just I've always just written on guitar and written songs and had ideas. But like I said, my whole life, I kind of my whole earlier life, I was just kind of like going with the flow of things and just hoping people would place things in front of me that were cool instead of actually pushing my ideas. I'm okay. really trying or I'd be like say when I was in abolition like the two guys that mainly wrote the songs I'd be like oh these guys are good I'll just let them get on with it like and then they'll write cool songs and I had loads of cool ideas but I wasn't ever just like I was ever oh well these guys seem seems to be doing fine like I, you know like I just yeah. kind of I'll just let them do it and I'll just play bass and just fuck around and have a good time and you know I always just kind of feel like I took the easiest route instead of really fighting for my ideas or like really trying to put them out there and fail at them and learn from that and get better. It was just like, yeah, well, these guys are writing songs. Like they write I mean, cool songs. So. In, in a way, being that person who's, I mean, Chaz Palmer Williams from Lightyear said yeah. this in, in his one, um, how, you know, sometimes the person who might not initially seem as like, you know, the, the doer um, in the band, yeah. some, you know, you need someone there, uh you know just to basically make it a positive experience for everyone and like someone who's stoked to be there is so much more progressive than someone who's working and then kind of being a bit of an asshole about it yeah i maybe but then Do you know it, what i mean yeah i get that for sure i think I, I yeah i was definitely that guy i was just definitely that kind of gap tooth guy that was just there cracking jokes and when it got too serious you know, if things got a little bit tense over something at band practice, you know, I'd just chime in with a joke or be like, oh, what if I play this? And, you know, every, every now and then I'd chuck in an idea, like, kind of lightheartedly. But I then it, like, that's cool. And you definitely need those people. But it gets to a certain point in your life where you're like, well, I'm not achieving what I really want to achieve and know I can achieve. So, mm. you know, in the end, I was just like, all right, I've had all these ideas for so long. I've had this vision of how to do a band. And I've been in so many bands and it's never been that way. And it's like, maybe it's time for me to start my own band. And, and was that, that Higher Power? That, that that was the first band that it was yeah, that was, you putting these ideas in? Yeah, that was it. Well, I did a demo with, with, did a demo of this band called Reinforced where I wrote all the guitar and, you know, kind of wrote the songs. But nothing ever happened with that. We just recorded it and then it kind of like just fizzled out because I moved away to Leeds as well. So I wasn't really around London to like be playing shows and having band practice. But that was the first time. And then, yeah, Higher Power was the kind of like first time where it was like I was like, no, I, this is, yeah, this is how I want it to sound. This is what I want to do. And initially I wasn't going to be the singer because I was writing the songs and I was writing the ideas and all of this, I was like, I had the vocal ideas, but I'm not a singer and I didn't know how to sing or anything. And I'd never really given it a proper go. So in my head, I was like, Oh, I'll find someone else to sing, but I want them to sing like this and do this. 
And then it got to the point where everyone was like, well, why don't you do it? You're like harming it. And you're like, you've got all these ideas. Just do it. Like, so I ended up recording the vocals on the demo. And then that was it. I, I was the singer from that point on. So did it, feel, um, did it feel comfortable for you? No, I hate it. Um, um, cause I, my, I, yeah. Cause my ideas were like, my ideas were way beyond what I could do. I mean, I was I was hoping to find someone that could do what I've always wished I could do, you know. So I I couldn't I couldn't really sing what I had imagined, and it it was kind of disappointing to me when I tried. Yeah, do you know what, what I mean. What were you What were you thinking? Was it like some kind of like like real like like scream? Like what did you have a kind of like? No, it was like tone it, in mind. Yeah, it was just I was just it was like Alice in Chains, like Lane Staley, kind of Chris right. Cornell, kind of. Just, just fucking, just high notes, you know, with that that sick kind of energy and that that cool rasp to it, like yeah, yeah. You know, what, just, what all the what all the metal bands at fourteen were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I was just that trying kind of to say, yeah. I was just listening to like a ton of grunge, and I've always been into like them, and I've also really been in, always been into like like I grew up like through like Linkin Park was big when I grew up, and obviously Chester's yeah. like a fucking the way he sings, you know, it's got, it sounds hard, but it's definitely still got that melodic edge to it. Like, but I didn't have any experience in singing and I didn't have the foundations at all. You know what I mean? I feel like if you want to add all that extra stuff, like the cool tones and the cool sounds and the grit, you need to have the basics down first. But I obviously didn't even have the basics down. I, I had no pitch whatsoever. Like, cause I'd never even thought about that stuff. I'd never even been like, I never even played an A chord and tried to match to it. You know what I mean? Like I de- yeah. any of I never learned the basics, so I just went in being like, "Well, I want it to sound like this," and then I was chucking ideas out there, and people were just telling me it was good, and like I could, people were like, "No, you should be the singer. That's sick. That's sick." And like, it, I, it definitely wasn't good. Like, <laughs> but here I am. Do you know what I mean? But then it also gave me the kind of like, well, it kind of gave me like, well, if you want something done right and you have to do it yourself kind of mentality, then I have to learn to do this myself. So mm. it forced me to really, you know, try and understand singing and, you know, really look at what these people do other than just admiring how cool they look and sound like. So, do you oh. think like looking back at that time and like, you know, kind of making that real, having that realization where you're like, shit, I really need to work on this. Do you think you got a bit more serious about it? Oh, definitely. Like I said, because like I took tattooing as a job because someone was like, "Oh, you're pretty good at drawing." Like, All right, cool. I'll, I guess I'll just stick with that. And it's, a, it's like I said, it's a little bit of security, and it's a job. And then, with when in hindsight, I should have been taking this more seriously and going, "Well, if I want to do this, then I have to get better at this." and and trying from a younger age to do it you know I wouldn't say I regret not trying before you you obviously it's obviously a lesson I learned to be like uh, if you want something right you have to really try for it and like yeah like learn like 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 I didn't study or anything in school you know I was never like oh I want to do well on this test so I never had that kind of mentality from a young age like like I said I was always just going with the flow so yeah, it's definitely given me like a lot more of a, a serious, like, you know, just le- like, well, not serious. I don't take it super seriously. 
Well, I, I think like, I think this is I, I think this is like an important thing though, isn't it? Because like I always found this when I was younger. I was like so I was just so serious about having fun. Yeah, that was it. But now I'm like, oh, you have to practice. Okay, like oh, there's like you can you can do warm ups and that ha- that's how you sound better and you don't lose your voice three songs in like just stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, okay. Like this, these people weren't just like jumping on stage and just playing. Like they were this good because they spent fucking years trying to be that good. Do you know what I mean? This is, like, why, this is why we like ska bands. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got like, if you've got like a four piece like brass section, you, you gotta, you gotta practice. Yeah. Lot, Dude, right? like I wish I'd, like obviously I never knew anyone that played like tr- like trumpets or anything like that, <laughs> but I was I always loved ska. But yeah, I always knew those bands were the most tech. Out of everything I listened to, the ska stuff was the most technical and like musically diverse mm. stuff I ever. Like in a sense, like growing up coming from ska, like a ska punk, like it really gives you this like diverse look into music even if you don't realize it at the time, like they're using so many different types of, you know, like types of influences to get that. Like you don't, like obviously you don't just get on a fucking trumpet and play three chords and harmonize it with a trombone or like a saxophone. Do you know what I mean? Like that's actually music. Like that's actually fought out and like, you know, and I wish I'd definitely picked up on that a lot younger. (laughs) You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. You have to know these things to be able, like you have, to, like you know, because they're kind of harmonizing. They're playing two different. It's not everyone's just playing the same things. You know what I mean? They're adding different elements and different yeah. melodies, and you know, I, I I was taking that in, but only subconsciously. So well, one thing I think I really got or became a fan of of through listening to that kind of complex music was the kind of groove. You know, and I, I know that maybe that sounds like a bit of a pretentious thing to say when you're just like two friends talking about music, but like, <laughs> but groove is a massive part of basically every song. Yeah, well, it's the rhythm section in those bands, and like the drummer and the bassist. The bassist is never just playing the root notes. Like the bassist is always playing something. You know, when you listen, Going up like, the fretboard, like doing yeah. something like crazy. Yeah, like so. Like, and I think I was definitely taking all that stuff in subconsciously, but mm. I also kind of wasn't really looking at the bigger picture. Like, oh, these people really practiced to be able to do this. And these people really studied some sort of music outside of what they listened to, to really be able to do this. They weren't just playing Scar and they weren't playing punk or hardcore constantly. Like, you know, and it definitely took me a, a while to figure that out. And, you know, once I did get in it and I was like, oh, so these people used to like you know you listen to an interview of a singer you like and they're like yeah I do scales every day to keep my voice and like oh okay so they didn't they don't just turn up at practice and sound fucking sick it's like they had to put in the work and it's like okay now here's something that I've got the opportunity to do that I've always wanted to do let's let's actually try and do it properly this time like you know let's actually learn like let's actually study for the test for once, if you know what I mean. Like, is that and, is that higher power now? Yeah, this is higher power now. Yeah, like like I said, yeah. with everything else, it was just like, just going with the flow. Like I said, I like I can only compare it to like school. Never prepared me for this because I never studied for anything. I never studied for a test. It was always just like, oh, you're the class clown. Go wait outside until break time because you're distracting everyone else. 
Yeah, it's like, cool. yeah. Yeah, like, cool, I don't have to study. I don't have to do this. I'm just doing what I want to do. And then, then you get to a point in your life when there's something you really care about and you want to be good at it. And you're like, oh, so this is why people are, are achieving things. And this is what people go to university for, to, to study and learn what they love. Do you know what I mean? And actually right. try it and not just wing it in everything they do and we live in a bit of a mad culture where like goes into like smoking weed and and that kind mm. of thing that you know got nothing against or anything but there's this whole culture of like um like oh no no I didn't try for this no I'm not gonna yeah. try I, and, and that is a big part of it isn't it I didn't see anyone doing these things I didn't see anyone I didn't even see the people I was in a band with doing this stuff and they probably were doing it at home but you know it's not cool to show that like, it's not, I get laughed, like, if I play a hardcore show and I'm just doing my, like, warm-ups, you know, the little, like, lip trill things, everyone's like, what's that? Why are you doing that? Oh, you want, you're a pro now. And I'm like, you know, you still kind of get that, like, in this scene, like, a lot. Yeah, because it's not cool to try, is it? Like, no, nah, no. Nah. So, I, Which like. Which is so I, stupid, because it's like, I want to, yeah. like, just grab them and be like, what do you mean? Like, that finding something you like and then just basically making like all your day every day about that it's the sickest thing i know but like i wasn't ex- you like that we weren't exposed to, like it took us a, obviously took us a while to figure that out but and we had to try know. we had to want it yeah and it's like the people that did do that we laughed at them me and our friends laughed at them like oh look at this band they like they'll like do a sound check like yeah who they think they are and it's like when really it's like maybe it's that's our insecurity show for the time like we want to be that good but we're scared to try so like I said I wasn't exposed to a different way there was no no one I knew was again no one I knew was really trying either like everyone was too cool to try also so it took me a while to figure it out but I feel like I'm slowly getting there you know do you feel like I mean it might be a hard question but putting yourself back into like in 2014 where you had these ideas that were starting kind of like higher power was starting up yeah have you fulfilled those feelings and those ideas at this point in time um nah I don't think I don't know I don't think I'll ever be uh fulfilled because I think I'll always just listen I'm I'll always listen you know I'll be kind of I'll be content and then Mm. I'll listen to something that I really love and I'll be like I want to have the same feeling as I get when I listen to this when I listen to higher power so want to always keep trying but this new higher power record when i when i heard it i was like this sounds like how you know there are parts i'm like this sounds like Alison chains as you know just exactly yeah. what, you, what you said you know so maybe you don't give yourself enough credit yeah but i also just yeah i think that's it i don't think i can ever be i don't think i'm one of those people that can ever be content again because i think i spent so long so long just being content and going with the flow and i've seen it didn't really get me where i wanted to be that yeah. Now I'm just constantly like, no, I can do better. I want to do better. And but it's, not it's a blessing, and a, curse. It's a blessing yeah. and a curse though, right? Because some days, like, like I, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of pack, patting myself on the back. Like I sort of hate it when I see other people patting themselves on the back all the time. Yeah. I'm like, you know, don't want to be like that. And that comes from playing sport as well when I was younger, you know. It's yeah. that kind of like it's you you're in a team. Um but the older the older I've got, I'm like, nah, you need to you need to, you know have a beer or whatever you're into and just be like yeah that's cool that I did that yeah you have just, to accept just for a second well I think if yeah like I said obviously if it wasn't then I would have never put that record out I'm obviously like happy with, I'm obviously definitely happy with it and for a while it did for, I think for a while it did fulfill 
like a certain feeling, like you're saying, but then that quickly fades for me and I'm like, right, I want to level up again. Like, I know yeah. I can get better. Yeah. Because, like yeah. I said, I've only just started trying, really, in, in the right. grand scheme of, uh, in my 28 years of life, in the grand scheme of things, higher power for me is so important because it's the first time I've really taken control of something and being like, I want to try at this and I'm going to do... And I'm going to study for it, kind of, kind of analogy. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's that, so cool. Yeah, that's the first time. I'm, this is the first project in my life where it's been like, you know, that's really like I'm really focused on it, and I'm like really trying. And it doesn't. I don't give a fuck about sounding stupid because I in my room I'm like trying to learn to sing better by doing scales, and you know I don't care. Like fuck it, I want to get good at it. And and look and look where it's got you. It's got you to a place where you can do it all the time yeah and that's it you know i can now i can do a whole set and not lose my voice try to figure out but yeah like that's i think that's why that's why it means so much and i try so hard and I, and I don't think necessarily you know i think this whole the way it's panned out with roadrunner is purely just like because we're trying so hard do you know what i mean i don't think it's so much to do with anything else yeah it's not like luck anymore i'm not just in the right place at the right time it's like oh shit like we're actually trying and we're finally reaping the benefits this is this is what it feels like when someone gets given an award for something do you know what i mean it's like wow like now i see why people used to be nerds about things and like yeah and then you want that more you're like wow i want to i want to yeah i like it i like achieving achieving's achieving's fun achieving makes you feel good like so are you looking I... are you looking at the next record are you looking at like the next thing you you want to the next sort of sounds you want to you want to make yeah effect, be, effectively yeah this being stuck at home obviously and not being able to tour has been kind of a blessing in the in a sense that now i can actually just sit in a room and write songs and like you know on tour it's really hard to do that and get really into the zone of that but now I'm like fully immersed in that. There's like, that's what my day is based around. So now I'm like writing, I'm trying different tunings. I'm like, I've obviously learned newer singing techniques and can bring in different sounds. And it's given me the time to really like fuck around with those skills and like get better at them. So yeah, I'm actually like, at the moment I'm super stoked on like writing and I can't wait to put out another record because it's like, I know I can do better. You know, every time it's like, yeah. It's like, oh, thanks, thanks. People are like, this is really sick. It's like, it's like, oh, thanks, but like, I want to do better. Like, you know, it's like finding the balance, isn't it? Like, it's not healthy to constantly have that attitude, mm. but you do have to allow yourself some kind of like, like you said, like sitting down, having a beer, being like, oh, this is cool. I'm doing good. Like, yeah, yeah. being accepting it. But like, you know, you definitely need that. You definitely notice it in the people that are the best that they, um, they definitely have that attitude and it's laughed at by most people because I think most people like I was are just too scared to try. Like I definitely was way too fucking insecure and like, you know, I've definitely never had that kind of opportunity to try like that. So I was just, I, it's easier to make fun of it, isn't it? And it's easier to just coast along, but 
yeah. you know, eventually, like, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and do it if you want to actually fully achieve something. Because you're going to run out, like, you're going to run out of luck one day. Like, right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? so, um, like, yeah, I feel like it got to a point in my life where I was like, right, I can't just coast anymore. Like, yeah, really got a fucking... So try. true, though. Often the people who are the best are the people that don't want to show it, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah and it, it comes with, you have to build, you know, everyone comes from a different place you know some people come from a a, a place like you, you and me probably come from similar places where we weren't like I, I wouldn't well I can't speak for you but I wasn't like bullied and I wasn't like you know I wasn't horrifically bullied anyway and I wasn't like uh, like that outcasted that like have no self-confidence but I definitely wasn't you know I wasn't understood so it's hard for it was really hard for me to always have the confidence to put my ideas across or try at something because I didn't ever think anyone was going to understand it. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Like it wasn't yeah. like there was people around me being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, cool, man. Like you can go, you can be, like I like it get to like a music lesson in school and they'd be like, "Oh well, now now James is going to play guitar for us," and you know I'd be in a room full of people that just thought I was weird, and then yeah. I'd be like, "Cool, I'm going to play this Rancid song." And I played the Ramses song and everyone would be like, no one would be like, oh, that was really fucking cool, man. That was sick. Like, you know, everyone would be like, why did it, why did the guy sing like that in it? Or like, why was the guy shouting? You know what I mean? So like everything, you know, so I grew up kind of trying to express myself and no one understood it. So it kind of like, you know, so like I said, everyone comes from like, but maybe if I come from, maybe if in, I went to some kind of magical, like, scar punk school where everyone was like wow that was such a sick rancid cover man like yeah you you fucking killed journey to the east bay baseline like i'd have grown up with a completely different fucking outlook on life and i would have gone through life going like yeah well i'm gonna do this and like yeah why this idea so you better fucking listen like because everyone says i'm great do you know what i mean like everyone's got everyone is comes up in a different way so and I think that just reflects on how they kind of project things to the world. I'm not like a, I've never been like a super angry, hateful, outwardly person. So I definitely, I also didn't really have that drive of like, well, fuck everyone. I'm going to do this. I'm going to show them. Like, I just was like, oh, people don't understand me, but you know, it could be worse. I'm just going to coast along, like whatever, who cares? (laughs) I think at some point I realized that like I loved, and it's similar to why I do this, why I do these interviews it's like like everyone's got a story yeah it's 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 like the older you get as well I feel like the less you judge I well I can't obviously again I can't speak for everyone but the older I'm getting the less I'm judging people because I'm like I don't know anything about them do you know what I mean like I don't know why why they do that like everyone yeah like I said everyone's got a story like some you can look at someone and, and assume that they're this but yeah. In rea- or they say that you... word or they, they use that phrase that that one person or, or your ex-partner used yeah, and like, yeah oh i hate people that say that word and you, <laughs> you realize like that's stupid you can't think like that yeah and you're just like oh well yeah like i said everyone's everyone processes things so differently do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah you can't you can't judge i can't judge someone like like i obviously i'm straight edge so like you know i think i kind of a lot of people assume that I'm going to judge them for wanting to drink and stuff, but it's like, you know what I mean? You get people like, especially now being an older straight edge person and like dating people and like going on dates, people are like, Oh, you you don't mind if I drink or anything, do you? And like, maybe in my young years, I've been like, well, why do you need to? But I'm like, 
well, some people just need one drink in them to have confidence. Like some people ha- don't know any other way to to gain the confidence to talk to someone on that level. Like right. who who am I to fucking judge them? You know what I mean? Like totally. I, like that's how some people process things. Like I process things in insane ways so like who who am i to judge you know that's it we are all mental a little bit yeah yeah and people come from so different backgrounds that like um yeah you can't you just can't judge it can you like you just learn that i think you learn that that's why i I love getting i love being older like i keep saying i'm 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 enjoy i'm actually enjoying being like in my 30s and 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 figuring this stuff out and you know yeah thinking oh everyone does have a past like i feel more punk than i've ever felt now because i realize what i really don't like and that's yeah having a, that's having a job i don't like <laughs> and so like i've been on the dole for mm-hmm. on and off the last couple of years and like doing odd jobs and and like yeah. working this radio station and when i man when i started working at this radio station there's like a hundred plus djs and almost all of them are either electronic or dub or reggae and it just interests it just blew this whole new world open in front of me and I was like 27 at the time it's a couple of years ago and like yeah and I'm like wow like that you can still learn about these amazing things yeah definitely it's so cool isn't it like you think when you're like are when you're like fucking 15 you think oh my god I'm, life's over by the time you're yeah. like 28 and now I'm 28 I'm like life's kind of just beginning like I don't know about maybe for some people they're obviously a lot smarter and figure stuff out and have a probably like a healthier view of the world from like a younger age and maybe you're a little bit more successful early on but I'm like wow I'm like I'm finally learning and I'm finally letting go of any prejudices and insecurities and I'm like actually learning and taking things in about the world I'm not just you know trying to trying to fuck everything up all the time you know what I mean I'm just I'm actually like taking information in it's cool like it's such a good feeling in being perceptive and i don't mean in perceptive in the kind of judgy way but just being like ah so that's what that is yeah it's cool and and watching that evolve in in your within yourself yeah and like i said it's 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 super cool like when you kind of you can kind of get to that age because and i don't think you're i don't think you're taught that from a young age either are you like school definitely didn't instill any of that in me like yeah being a young being a fucking young adult early teenager you know obviously being into what we were into I was into like conk skateboarding graffiti like none of that offered a lot of that at the time so yeah yeah you know yeah we'll wrap this up like after maybe after this but mate it's been hmm. so good chatting yeah, well, um fucking cool we haven't even talked about any jobs so. I know I know <laughs> but then but then that's this is this is it though like the experiences that we've been talking about are the kinds you've are the kind of experiences that you know speaking for myself those are things that I've learned when I've worked like chopping logs and fucking yeah, yeah. in the in the rain you know I'm not trying to say I've had it hard but though that was one of the jobs that I did between tours and you know during that job I'm like in the forest hating myself yeah <laughs> and I'm like ah oh. <laughs> but you, you know those are the those are the kind of you know well, these are things you think about when doing those jobs. So yeah, like, yeah, and and yeah. doing those jobs is the catalyst to realizing those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how 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 far how far in advance do you do you work for like High Power's future? Like, do you know what you've got going on next year? No, not next year. But this year was planned out pretty nicely because um, like we have a manager and he sorts everything out and obviously being on Roadrunner 
and then you have like festivals booked for the summer and then you're like well then we'll do a tour around that and then we'll do this yeah. festival you know so we we had a plan for the year we definitely had a um like a and obviously the record just came out in february so maybe Jan- january 20 I, I i think it came out in january um i can't remember anymore like yeah, this year's one, just been a fuck this year's been a whirlwind because i spent the first two months of it on tour and then literally came home to this lockdown so it's like wow it's it's i'm just lost in time now um because do you do all right on your own yeah i've got a dog me and him have been going on like crazy long walks we'll go on like a five-hour walk every day because i'm like an outdoors person yeah I definitely am not like a in how in the house watch TV kind of. Do you live near uh, the countryside? Yeah, I live. Well, I live in Leeds, but there, I live next to these big nature reserves, and there's a lot of nature walks and a giant golf course that's being shut down now. Amazing. So I, I'm I'm lucky I can find space where it's not too close to people. Yeah. Um, there's obviously people out and about, but you know, I'm. It's not like I'm in a crowded city center. I can definitely be out out and about and then you some like you can just walk Leeds is quite small so you can walk to other parts of it and there's a big yeah. canal so yeah yeah but um Tracking. yeah we, so Sorry, yeah we, we had our year pretty much planned out which is a little bit of a bummer because we finally it's this is the first year where it's finally got to that place where it's like oh we can pay rent from this tour and then oh we'll be able to pay rent off this tour and then this month we'll do this tour and we'll be able to pay rent of that like it's like the first year as a band where we finally were just gonna start making enough money to pay rent and we could constantly tour and not have to worry about the in-between. How how much were you relying on that financial security? Was was all that security from tours? Yeah, pretty much touring the hot. Yeah, every month there was a tour this year for us and it was like, oh, cool, we'll make yeah. the guarantees and the merch tech. We could probably, we'll probably make at least rent off this that's cool yeah you know what i mean so it's like is that still a struggle like then i'm not like trying to be like you know, oh, no. but i'm just trying to say like is is that like uh is that something that that you still got going on in the back of your mind like shit. yeah that's that's like i said this is the first year as a band where it felt like high power was finally kind of becoming a an actual in a sense like a business that we could make a livelihood off like you know it's obviously not a business but um you know it's it, it, that it became a job it was like oh this is we f- will finally be getting paid at the end of these tours and you know because before we weren't like it, it we were definitely we were definitely making a loss a lot of the time just to do what we love doing so it's uh, a very big um i think it's a big a very big misconception with higher power especially coming from hardcore where people think, oh, because you're not doing just hardcore tours, you're like, you know, you're doing good. But like, no, as a band financially, like we've never really made any money. Like we've spent the last, you know, like, well, I'd say the last three years constantly on tour, just literally struggle. Like I came home from a tour recently and I literally had 47p to my name. Like that was it. Like, and I had to, luckily there was a girl who was like, I'll take you out for dinner, you know? And I was finally like, wow, I mean, there's that big D in the kids table song where he's talking about like, 
you know, Will is tall, be cool enough. Will is tall, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that LAX song, and I was LAX, like, yeah. I'm, I'm lit. I'm literally living that. That's like he was. I'm finally relating to that song. You know what I mean? It kind of like yeah, brought me. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like it's been like that for the past three. Because we've been like, I'd say like, yeah, it's the past three years of the band's history. That's, yeah. Don't you find that so interesting? How so many people are doing what what you're doing and what you have done and making a loss of money of it you know and i'm not trying to like yeah. talk, i'm not trying to say like i'm just saying like isn't that fascinating yeah it's like you don't see that no one talks about that really do they like yeah you know everyone go oh yeah being in a band like you're you is you know like they well, have you, let people, you let people think what they think oh yeah oh yeah or people like yeah like i think people definitely like to like um you know, kind of make out like they're doing better than they are. Because it's like, right. I, f- I guess like we're we're lucky that like we get we get like hooked up by dickies for, clo- for clothes and stuff, you know. So people probably think we buy all these clothes and we have money to keep buying clothes. But if these companies like Vans, like sometimes will play like a show for Vans and they'll give us shoes. It's like, you know, we have a friend at Nike that hooks us up. Like we don't, we, we don't make nearly enough money to be able to have nice things like that like we're just lucky we know the right people that work for things that they can wing it that they can be like oh i'm gonna donate this stuff to this band because it'll be like free promotion kind of shit like that do you know yeah. what i mean like yeah you know so maybe people look might look at us and be like wow they're wearing those new jordans like they must be maybe in their heads they think like oh they obviously have enough money to buy that it's like no nah, we're just so lucky that we have friends that can hook that up for us and they and that are doing it to support, you know, they're just, that's their way of supporting us. You know what I mean? On an earlier episode, I was speaking to the Beths who are this like awesome kind of like power pop band from New Zealand. And they've got a similar thing to some of our, uh, some, some Australian bands that I've known and they they are, and, and like similar to Canada as well, where the government has a scheme. Yeah. If you're, if you're a touring band, then you get, you know, a touring budget and stuff. Yeah. And that's so cool. I know I've got a couple of friends in Canadian bands that get that. And it like, I'm like, wow, that's, that's so sick, like, that they support that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That they recognise that as a job. Like, they recognise that as, like, a, you know, like a career. Like, and they, like, man, it's so cool that they have that. But, you know, yeah, like, obviously we don't have that here, but... It just feels impossible under Tory leadership that that would ever happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's never, yeah. it's never been before and it probably never will. It's like... Yeah, because no one recognise People, like, as much as people, maybe there is people that do, like, oh, wow, you're in a touring band, like there's a hundred more people that are like what what are you doing like yeah yeah, yeah. what do you do i go on tour like what does that mean like are you playing shows then what do you do in between tour like oh what do you have to fall back on do you know what i mean there's like it's definitely like people don't really know about it like yeah like so it's it's definitely like a weird weird lifestyle isn't it because yeah yeah well hopefully they now do because i i just find this you know so interesting like i mean obviously it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing to chat to you and chat the shit i feel like this is exactly the kind of conversation we'd have just hanging out yeah yeah well i didn't even realize for the first 20 minutes i was like oh wait what, have we started like <laughs> we're just talking like <laughs> i was just chilling i was just i was just talking to you like <laughs> yeah man yeah. yeah but but it's i don't know it's just so interesting because i because I, I guess like i'm not like trying to taken as a cross to bear but i think i want other people to understand how how it how it is you know like 
it's just one of many things that people choose to do but you know that way of life you just love it don't you yeah yeah you just love it right i love it i just love being on people some people complain about being on tour and stuff and like it's like yeah it's not easy it's not it's not good for your body in every sense but i fucking love it like it's all i've ever wanted to do from growing up and watching all those Hellcat DVDs or Walk Tour DVDs. I was like, yeah. I just want to be on tour playing shows and hanging out. And like, I'm getting to do that. And that Bouncing the, Souls DVD is amazing. Yeah, it's so sick. I need so to re- I haven't watched that since I was probably in year seven or something. It's still as good. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to because I, I, I remember that. I remember having that and that Hellcat one. Um, I haven't seen the Hellcat one. There's a Hellcat one, and they, they talk to the chick from F minus on the phone, and she's like, I've lost my voice. It's like the second show. And I'm like, and then, you know, it's like, I'm like, wow, I can finally relate to that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love it. Like, I just, you know, the money doesn't matter to me. You know, I don't, like I said, I'm like a 28 year old man, and I live on, live in a really shitty room in Leeds, but I'm living the fucking coolest life to me. Like, I'm hardly here, so it doesn't really matter. And, you know, I'm getting to hang out and see the world and, you know, I'm not, I don't have any money to get driving lessons. You know, that's another thing. Most people in bands, unless their parents have been able to pay for them to learn to drive, like no one in higher power can drive because none of our parents could afford to pay for us to have lessons. So it's like, and none of us have ever had, ever had a stable enough job to have enough income to, to you know, to buy yeah. to get drive like just shit like that do you know what i mean people are like oh wait you can't drive like how do you get around the world <laughs> it's like it's, it's, yeah, we- it's true it's true though because i you know i'm i'm so fortunate and i and i know how fortunate i am that my mum paid for it yeah so like like no because when you're 17 18 19 you definitely don't have all that money like what is it 60 quid a lesson or yeah. like you know if, if it's not that then it's near that and that is insane money it's yeah it's like and you have to take so many, and then you're yeah, probably not yeah, even going to pass a test first time. Right, and, and the test is like what's so expensive in itself. Everything yeah. about it is expensive. And then you own the car, and the insurance is like, <laughs> yeah. If I my insurance for a car would be the same as my rent, so I'd be paying two lots of rent, and then wow. it's like I can't do that. But at least I got a roof over my head, and you know, and then I don't need. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like I don't need a car. I'm never home. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm definitely living a very simplified life for, compared to other people my age. Do you know, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, like, yeah. like I've sold all my records. I've sold. I can't. I've, I don't even have like a PlayStation or anything anymore. Like I like we were talking about my lap, like my me downloading Chrome to do this. I literally only got my first laptop last year. Like in, you know, because I'd never worked enough or had enough stability to be able to afford something like a Mac. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's little things like that. You know, and there's all all my friends are MacBooks and stuff growing up. But, yeah, that's but it. I, ne- I never had one. It, it took me to be in, tw- I think I was 27 when I got it. That's they're, when like, I well, they're, like, they're like a grand, aren't they? Yeah, that's when I owned my first laptop. You know what I mean? As a 27 year old man in this day and age, is probably <laughs> insane to most people. Right? Yeah. yeah. Li- literally, you only start figuring that stuff out. So. Hey, I wanted to ask. I, f- I find it interesting because I never had a manager and, and I was kind of always kind of like, heavy on the like email and picking up the phone side of being in a band and yeah. stuff what what was it like giving away the power no pun intended to like <laughs> you know or, or give it given the you know the responsibilities I suppose to I um, guess I guess you probably would trust your manager but also it was like it's a bit scary in it 
I thought, we thought, so we, yeah, we were obviously hesitant as fuck to get a manager. And like our manager, he's called Ian. He's called I Ian. Know I don't know. Him. I know him. You he's know a really him, nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Fucking sickest, nicest guy. He's so And I cool. feel like if anyone else had approached us, we probably wouldn't have been so open to it. But he's obviously like super nice, super chill. Like one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he literally has no agenda. He just does it because he loves it. So like, you know. He just loves working as uh, in this industry. Do you know what I mean? He fucking loves it. So he's like, ah, it's cool. I love this stuff. You know, something comes up. He was like, I love this. And we were like, sorry, Ian. Sorry you have to deal with this. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, that's cool. You just, you know. I, I did an episode with Will from Creeper. And, yeah. Um, we, I, all three of us have come from similar, you know, him in Southampton, but similar kind of growing up of local bands and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was saying he met Ian who's now their manager because Ian was wearing like a Danzig t-shirt or something. And we was like, yeah, you're my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. Ian always says that. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, Creeper, like you should, you should, they, they, they come, they're like you, you know what I mean? They, they, they've come from the same background as you. You know, like, oh, cool. Sick. Like he just, he just likes people. He, yeah. Like I said, he's from a similar background to all of us and he just loves it. But we were also like, obviously come, we've strictly come from like a hardcore background as musicians like everyone in higher power like i've dabbled in like when i played intensity bicycle yeah. but i've also i've always been in like hardcore bands diy punk you know so this is like the to have a manager and be like oh here's the email password and do this for us was definitely like it wasn't like oh you're our manager now he was like why don't i just you know get involved in this a little bit you can just see you don't and if you don't like it and then it was like we still have, he, we still like, you know, any decision, he doesn't make any decisions without coming to us. He would never do that because he's just not that kind of person. Like, even if it was a decision that he knew would benefit him, maybe, and benefit us and make us some money, even if we didn't want to do it, he'd, he wouldn't, he'd say, he'd be like, okay, if that's not, like, because there's definitely been instances where, you know, maybe we could have taken this offer and it would have, you know, helped us out in, in, financially or whatever but it didn't sit right for the band or like a certain tour and he's like oh you should do it because the label are getting on my back about like you should try and get higher power to do this tour but if we say no he's like that's cool you'll never be like oh but maybe this but you know like other people would he's just like yeah. all right cool i'll go tell him like he just does that do you know what I mean? instead of us emailing back being like oh we don't want to do it because we don't like motionless in white or some shit you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though that couple probably would have paid us a good amount of money and paid to loads yeah. of people, we were like, mm, we don't think that makes sense for us right now. He can yeah. go back and he'll just articulate that nicely. Like, do you know what right, I mean? right. Like, you know, I'm not slagging off motionless and white as well, but um, of course, yeah, yeah. But then some bands you don't want to tour with, we'll get an offer like that, you know, and we'll be like, that's cool, that's really fucking cool that they want us to tour with them, like, and we can cross over into that world if we wanted to, but right now. It doesn't make sense to be doing that for us, you know. We want we we want to win. We still want to be able to do these like smaller tours and do our own thing, and not just have to rely on these like big package tours. So, yeah, that makes sense for us to be able to play in, in front of four thousand people every day and get paid this much every night, and everyone can get paid. But you know, let's take. We want to do this tour of our friends in vain instead because we love them, and yeah. you know, and it's more closer to the ground, you know. Yeah. And yeah, so, and he he just does stuff like he'll just articulate that back to people for us, and you know instead of us being like, nah, it's cool. Like he, you know, he can go back and 
so yeah it's it's um we still have a lot we obviously have a all of the input but he's just kind of like an we're so lucky that we've got him to be the middleman it's um it's super cool like, that sounds so cool jimmy i'm like it makes me so happy to see like what you're doing and then like hearing you talk about how you're doing it is, yeah is so I, cool. I, I'm, it's, it's cool that you're doing this podcast in this way because like i said it's, you're not just asking like i'm super stoked that because i listened to the Lightyear episode and i'm gonna listen to all the others as well because obviously like i'm just so interested in this is the part of to me that's being in a band that's interesting do you know what i mean like this is the part of the bands i always looked for like you'd see a music video and it'd be recorded in a bedroom and i wouldn't really be looking at the band i'd be looking at their bedroom and like <laughs> yeah. you know i'd be like what do they are yeah. what what kind of stuff do they have like yeah what kind of life do they have you know trying to figure out their life not so much the music like yeah like i said to me it's super cool to talk about it finally because most of the time people just want to ask like oh so like what was it like being doing 27 miles underwater like like what's it like being signed to roadrunner like do you know what i mean it's like where did oh, you like, get your band name yeah <laughs> yeah fucking yeah. stuff like that yeah do you know what yeah. i mean it's like the the basic questions it's like I've answered them so many times or like right, the classic right. for me I get is like oh so like so you come from hardcore but your record doesn't sound exactly hardcore like how is how how does that happen how do you it's like I don't know <laughs> I love talking about this stuff man like I love just talking about you know and it's like the 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 reality of it like like um I always remember our guitarist Louis he was like, yo, I was at Brood the other night and someone recognized me from Higher Power and they said <laughs> he said to me, oh, I've always wanted to know what it's like to be like to like ha- to be in a band and just live off that. And Louis went, Well, I'll let you know when, <laughs> when it happens to me. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> like, you know, that was the first time when it was like, Oh, people think we really live off this. Like, okay, like <laughs> it's like that's a good answer, Louis. Like, but it cracked me up. Like, it's like, yo, well. I'll let you know when it happens, like you know, because he's still working as a builder and that in between tours and that. So. <laughs> like they couldn't believe it. They were like, "What? You don't just live off that, but you're always away." And it's like, yeah. And then when I'm not away, I'm trying to fucking do anything I can to pay rent. So Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.